Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern-day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Anna Duranova-Hartman is a passionate social impact and international development activist. She combines extensive experience in program management, community engagement, corporate social responsibility, and people management. Her purpose is to challenge social inequality and institutional barriers by empowering vulnerable social groups and communities through innovation and meaningful connections. Anna is incredibly lucky to have been exposed to various working environments and experiences, NGO sector, global corporations, social impact, and tech startups. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Honored since I'm a big fan of your podcast and I'm incredibly happy to be here and be one of them. Thank you so much for saying that. I I think the podcast has been a surprise for me as well over the time that I've had it. That's usually the best way. You know, you once you plan, it all goes just boringly according to the plan. But when it's a surprise, <laughs> it usually comes the best. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Anna, I wanted to talk to you a bit first about your inspiration to do social impact work. I mean, when did you first think about becoming a leader in this space? And tell us about your journey to, toward becoming an ally for social inequality. Definitely. Um, I actually consider my life so far or my professional experience a little bit of a computer game you know when you go from one level to the other collect achievements and then unlock some next level and you get to fight the boss demon so that's exactly what my journey has been so far I um, I graduated from my third master's from Central European University um, in Budapest in Hungary which has always been the symbol of democratic values and and freedom in, in Eastern Europe um, and that already gave me a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a feeling that, okay, this is the field where I want to stay, uh, but I will need very special tools and weapons and experience and knowledge to, to fight that battle. Um, to add to that, also my experience um, studying at Northwestern, which has always been quite traditionally back in the US, one of the uh, kind of democratic universities as well. Um, so I found myself in Hungary when I finished with my education uh, on the mastery level at least. And that was exactly the time when um, the city was flooded with the refugee crisis, when we had refugees uh, stuck in the train station, not being able to go, not being able to actually leave the place uh, without mm-hmm. proper food, without proper resources, not even proper hygiene uh, and basic sanitary um, uh, opportunities and, and, and uh, you know, norms. And I, I just I just went there together. I remember back in days with Open Society Foundation volunteers. We just started sharing food, just talking to people, trying to help them. And that was the first time when I realized that there is something, the way the system is designed is not entirely okay. And I'm not a big fan of 
this phrase that the system is broken. I don't think it's broken. I just think that it's a designed in a certain way that we might want to redesign. Um, and then I got to work. Uh, in order to design something, right, you need the right tools. So um, I started working with NGOs, um, especially in the field of partnership and cooperation with other stakeholders across. And this is first time when I saw uh, how powerful the cooperation between corporates and 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 uh, nonprofit sector can be. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once I worked with NGOs for a while, of course, I got that first fever of God. You constantly chase the money, and it's so hard to actually get enough funds to do all the good. Um, and I became curious. I'm always curious. I became curious to say, okay, how does the process run where the money lies, which is the corporate? And yes. this is where I went next. Um, I worked in a corporate for quite a while. I learned a lot about people and program management experience. Um, and uh, uh, I, I acquired a lot of tools and knowledge there. Many people say it's heart-wrenching experience in a corporate kills your soul. No, it actually doesn't. It just depends if you do have a purpose and it's strong enough, um, it, it actually won't. It will enrich you because you get the right tools. Yeah. Um, and after the corporate, I moved over to uh, to working actually with startups. And this is when I realized that one of my passions is working with social impact and social impact startups. Um, and um, this is where I brought, uh, combined my people and business management experience, uh, pro bono consulting and support. Um, this is where I learned uh, how important it is to be empowering and supporting women, especially in tech. Um, and this is also where I, I found an opportunity to channel how to, for instance, support refugees who are arriving to Germany, especially women, um, to find their niche and to also find a opportunity to work in tech. So kind of, you know, that's what I meant by a metaphor of a computer game. I feel that throughout my whole journey, which I'm sure hopefully only has begun, um, I, I've been collecting all those, you know, hidden, um, you know, coins like like Mario. And, um, yeah. and I'm sure there are many more coins lying out there. But what I really learned is that, you know, the job experience might seem a little bit sporadic when you try lots of different fields and then you feel, oh, but then does it mean I'm not consistent enough? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you try a lot you realize what you want, what you don't want, but every time you learn a lot, you get more and more tools into your bag, um, and then you carry that bag with you and you just become stronger in what you do in your next journey and next uh, adventure. I love everything you said. I don't know which one to pick apart first, <laughs> but, but I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with one. So you mentioned about uh, systems being either broken or designed poorly. I love that. So what what's really coming out here is that we have systems that are designed for a certain outcome. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a fact. That's what's happening in the world right now. And that mm -hmm. outcome is not something that we realize that we want. <laughs> so, so it really takes a lot of re-engineering, but it's a re-engineering of our psyche. It's a re-engineering of our way of thinking, our approach to the planet, even when we think about things like circular instead of linear. So what has been your experience in, in sort of, pivoting that mindset in the places that you work? Um, I would say that um, it, it, it's, it's incredible, kind of really, really great that you mentioned mindset. And this is, I think, a very important starting point. That's at least what I learned. Um, when currently I, I'm, I'm combining working in with corporate right now, working in a startup, which is trying to turn into a corporate while working with social impact startups, refugee communities, uh, 
working with uh, World Food Program um, uh, led kind of startups as well. And what I see it all unites them is, is that exact mindset, uh, but the mindset which is very, very open towards right. changes, towards improvement. Right. Um, you know, the, the worst that can happen if you wanna if you wanna change the world around you, you don't have to be a hero, you don't have to wear a cape, you don't have to have Harvard Law degree, go there and change the world. I mean, unless you are uh, unless you are Ruth Ginsburg, then of course, I mean, but, but where she's, I mean, she, she's one of the most badass women I've ever, um, I've ever heard about. Um, but what, what is really important here is, is, is your mindset and, and, and in readiness to break the silos. The most dangerous part that I've seen is when the silos have been created. When one group, uh, for instance, humanitarian people who work in a humanitarian field or in a startup field, wherever, start feeling um, exquisite, start feeling special, and, and 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 they just keep doing things because they have been done like that for the last fifty years. Yeah. Once that happens, you you pretty much the the, the social impact or the impact uh, as such uh, mindset is dead. Maybe not dead at least, but definitely hibernating. Yeah. Um, so that's why I feel that there is such an enormous potential and strength um, in this partnership between different fields. I mean, uh, be it corporate together with uh, UN institutions, together with startups, together with uh, leaders, consultants. Um, it doesn't matter which camp you belong to as long as there is this one strong purpose and the mindset that unites you. If you focus on that, there is so much you can learn from each other. Yeah. Um, there is no right or wrong definition of impact, right? It's just that either there is one or there is none. And at this point, I think as long as we remember that, we can still hop on this train to, to you know, to turn um, a little bit of an imminent uh, disaster that is coming to turn it around. Absolutely. Uh, again, more more juice for for the, for the discussion. <laughs> um, one of the one of the other things that you you just said as well is about um, really. Bringing, bringing that mindset together in the social impact startups. And I, I have found in my own work, and, and especially now that I've become an entrepreneur, I've become a startup myself, that actually the easiest place to move is in the startup community. So even in my consulting work, I can influence more in terms of mindset with companies that are just starting out to design right first time, I guess, as opposed to existing well-established companies and even existing well-established NGOs because mm -hmm. they all have a similar dated mindset in some ways mm -hmm. <laughs> so, exactly. so working, working with startups is so refreshing because they're open just like you say so it's it's so exciting to be a part of that movement oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> but you know funnily enough um I, what I also realized is that uh it, there, there is a way there is a possibility to to bring this fresh um, fresh air into already existing and kind of established organizations. It is much harder, much, much harder, but it is possible. Um, and and uh, that's why, for instance, I, uh, I believe that it is, it, it is quite a, a tough battle to, for instance, be jumping on the ship of corporate social responsibility or community engagement in a big corporation, because 
right away you need to try to understand what's the real motivation there. Is it yes. marketing or is it really something that, that the company wants to change? Yes. And but but trust me, in my experience, even if it is marketing, I still strongly believe that there is a way to turn it around because in the end, you take this crazy resources that this organization has yes and you start conversation by conversation step by step it will take forever oh for <laughs> sure but conversation by conversation tiny step by tiny step by asking the right questions and i'm a huge fan of asking questions yes me too um, I, well exactly and you're asking fantastic questions by the way um and uh, uh but by asking these questions you will start very slowly like water works with the stone you'll yes. start turning it around um but of course that requires lots of hard work perseverance stubbornness if you will um but then the impact is enormous really yeah now massive massive appreciation for what you've said because i i understand exactly the journey and i and i know what it feels like as well as i feel the excitement of things changing even if it's slow <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I wanted to ask one more question around these sustainable development goals. So, mm -hmm. there are a lot of companies um, that are posting, you know, their commitment to these seventeen sustainable development goals. Um, even countries, and you know, the UK has this rewire rewiring project with mm -hmm. Cambridge, etc., where they focus on on six of these goals. Which one of these do you think is most important to move first, and why? A tough question. Oh my god! I mean, it's like in a candy store. Which one do I pick, right? Um, well, I'm I'm a big fan. I mean, incredibly passionate. I would say I have top three. My top one is mm -hmm. definitely battling zero hunger, because yes. that's something that um, I mean, that's the basics. That's something. Without, I mean, let's put it that way. I cannot expect a person or a human being to be fighting for democracy and rights if he or she has nothing to eat or cannot feed his or her kids. Absolutely. And that's just how it, how it works. Um, and that's why I'm, 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 I'm an absolute fan and uh, I'm in love with World Food Program and everything they do and how they combine um, innovation, uh, partnership management actually, and, and humanitarian action. Um, my top two is responsible consumption because this is something that we can actually directly fix honestly, if we want to. I mean, if you, for instance, compare it to water or environmental, I think we're so far already by screwing um, uh, the, the environment around us that it's very hard to turn it around. It's still possible, but it's incredibly hard. With, with responsible consumption is something that we are directly responsible and accountable for. And it's just, if we don't want to change it, well, that's on us. So I think there's something we can do. And the top three for me is the third one is a partnership, because I strongly believe that the partnership is the way to go forward. The partnership is actually the only way, the only way to, to, to achieve success is the core to success. And my purpose, my personal purpose has always been breaking those silos, as I mentioned, and not creating them. And I think the only way to get better at this is, is establishing the partnership. And I would imagine exactly in this particular order, we battle hunger while we look actually how we consume to make sure that we, for instance, reduce the waste, um, mm -hmm. the food waste, and we see how we can partner with each other because we won't be able to win this battle alone. 
Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Finally, in closing, if you have any tips for our social entrepreneurs out there who are trying to make a difference, who are building eco-friendly businesses, do you have any tips for them on how to grow their businesses, how to have the right conversations and how to generate interest? Oh, absolutely. It's always easier to give a tip rather than to do it myself. I'm joking, but um, <laughs> feel it, honestly. Um, I would say, first of all, identify your purpose. Be very clear about your why. I've seen so many startups that were jumping into solutions because it's fancy to build a tech app. And they did not actually start with understanding the reality and ecosystem around them. Um, do not jump to solutions and uh, because technical app is not actually the answer in the end. So most of the time it actually isn't. Be curious. Um, I think every every entrepreneur should be willing to understand how everything works around them and why it works this way. Yes. Very often when you ask the questions, when you are being naturally curious, you'll get people around you and you will understand the, the reason why the system works much faster that way. Um, and I would also recommend to develop your product, whatever that product is, in small iterations and keep building up on those. Because this way you're more flexible, you can divert, uh, kind of, you know, uh, move 180 degrees if that's needed. And honestly, what COVID-19 taught us is that it's very hard to plan ahead, about a week even. Um, uh, Network and be brave. No one will do better marketing for you than you do. Um, So just open up their talk, be it digitally or physically present hopefully the physical presence will return again very soon but but be brave and network with people and yeah be open to partnerships and collaboration because you're not alone fortunately um you know um covid brought up actually so many social entrepreneurs and um and and impact leaders and uh, sustainable businesses up that i think we're actually having much more hidden uh than we thought uh, is there and um as i mentioned before through this partnership and collaboration, I think we can fix much more than we even dare to think. Wonderful, Anna. It's been a pleasure to host you on this show. I've loved this session. I think I'm going to be playing this back a few times. (laughs) Thank you so much for your contribution. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.